0: And now it's time for the Shake and Blake show live on Wildcat 91.9. i love it. say it one more time. Shake and bake! Shake and bake. Shake and bake. Shake and bake. Shake it! <laughs> Does that feel good? Yeah! It rhymes, they're both verbs. Awesome. Blake Crawford. The Shaken Blake Bowl. It's at Bell Snyder Family Stadium. It's just our faces on center field. John Grove. I think for K
1: State, in order to be successful, you're gonna have to open up that passing game. Bring you all things
0: K State sports and even more. And it's Shaken Blake 10 Welcome everybody oh into my the goodness. Shake and Blake Show on Wildcat 91.9. 9. My name is Blake Crawford Woo! alongside John Grove. Woo! It is good to be back, John. Yes. How, are, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> oh my goodness, guys, it's been
1: it's been so long. I I think dating back since February 24th, you have not been inside the inside this room where we're where we're doing the show. I haven't seen you behind the audio board in a long time, and I, I was kind of, I mean, besides the likes of Anthony George's and Colby
0: camp I was getting kind of lonely, dude. <laughs> well, getting... Yeah, it's been a long time since I've been back on the Shake and Blake show. Uh, yeah, the mention February it was, 24th. It, it was the Shake and Bake show. Yeah, we've, uh, yeah. so uh, I've definitely missed a lot, um, but uh, I, was, I was a little bit of a busy beaver. Uh, you know, I was working the Big 12 tournament. And then spring break happened, and then the uh, NCAA tournament was in uh, Kansas City, so I was there for that. And then I had a job interview in North Carolina, so I missed that. But luckily, we have great people like John Grove, Anthony George, and Kobe Van Camp uh, who got you covered uh, you're making K-State's me, you're, you're making me blush. crazy run to the Elite Eight. I mean, uh, you guys yeah, really he, had that all covered. He, so. he, you're, you're pretty lucky. You, you didn't have to suffer a loss oh, to Florida Atlantic
1: <laughs> like, like I had to do. Yeah. Uh, was it a week or two ago? Anyways, I, I mean, I, he, he, we were just, I mean, somebody had to recap again. I was like, fine.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I, I didn't have to give instant reactions to that game. Cause it would have been, uh, it would have been, it would have been a different tone, I have right now, but it's great to be back. We have a great show lined up for you. We're going to list our top five moments from the 2022-23 men's basketball season. Talk about some of the top transfer targets for Coach Tang and the Wildcats. John's going to give us the latest news in the Pac-12 media rights deal, including wildcat 919 signing an exclusive deal with the Pac twelve. That's a their top. response to it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, they offered it to us, but we said no. We didn't think it was in our best interest. Yeah, we got we got we got uh, more
1: opportunities to spend on with our with our cash-o-mool-a. Yeah, <laughs>
0: uh, we'll also recap the Batcats and their matchup against Nebraska and preview what they got going on with the Texas Longhorns, which will actually happen right after we're done with our show. It was supposed to start at six. It was supposed to start on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The series. But then it got pushed to Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It was supposed to start at 6.30 p.m. tonight, but it's actually being pushed back to start at 7 p.m. due to weather. We'll keep our eye on that if there's any more um, weather announcements or delays or anything like that. And they will wrap up with John. I'm back. So I got uh, we got to, we got to do some K State
1: sports trivia. Yes, baby, well, do <laughs> some more exciting episodes I've been a part
0: of. I've got seven basketball questions for you, John. We'll see how you do. But before we go any further, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Shake and Blake 785 Now we do a show here on uh, Wildcat 91.9 every Friday night from six p.m. to seven p.m. So always make sure to put that on your calendar. But we also release episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Um, me and John did a reaction to the win against Kentucky, and we were able to get my reactions to that. Um, so if you're there, uh, wherever you get your podcast, again, you and Blake. Make sure to follow the podcast and leave a review if you feel so inclined. So I mean, we're not going to do it, you know, a full just season recap because it's a little bit past that, and you know mm-hmm. that ship has sailed. And, for, it,
1: and every K State podcast who's lo- who's living under the sun has already went. Yeah, we're not
0: so. we're not going to say anything that anybody else hasn't said. So, um, obviously, it was a great season, and I think, you know, even though I think there was a lot of somberness after the loss, you know, eight straight Elite Eight losses hurts and kind of, you know, always being the bridesmaid and not being the bride and being so close to the Final Four so many times, but just not quite being able to get there. But I think now that we've kind of all taken a step back and, you know, well, all, I think we're going to remember this as a really great season, and I think a lot of these moments that we're about to list, John, in our top five moments are going to be ones that are going to be remembered forever that are up there with some of the great basketball moments that you see in the tunnel videos that will be you know, etched into the – um the lore of the history of k-state basketball so let's go ahead and get started here again we're gonna list our top five moments from the basketball season Uh, i saw your list john and i kind of i tried to throw in some ones that uh just to kind of keep things interesting and spice it up so we don't have a ton of overlap let's start with your number five
1: all right number five we're going with uh what what was the date (laughs) of the game dang and i had to look back uh the baylor game back in early i believe it was january uh, 7th yeah january yeah january 7th uh you know it was jerome tangs homecoming to waco seeing scott drew again and some of the baylor fans um i mean he spent 19 years down there so it was it was meaning a lot more special for his sakes to be um on the on the other sideline hoping to kind of get the last lap against scott drew and the Bears and. Um, it was Marquise's first, uh, Marquise Noel's first thirty-point, ten-assist game a- in school history. I mean, it was the first one in school history, but but Marquise was able to just come in clutch. I mean, again, thirty points, ten assists, and on top of that, you had Ishmael with uh, um, being given the 14th assist from Marquise, uh, and he came away with a three-pointer. Uh, with 31 seconds left to seal the deal, it was it was such a great game.
0: Let's go ahead and take a listen to the three pointer. Screen from Masood, Noel again turning the corner. Masood launches three ball, pure. And this was this was a big moment for Ish Masood because he had kind of you know, Jerome Tang had made some comments that he needed to be pushed during Shark Week, and people I think where people were kind of down on Ish Masood. He had been playing super well, but he made that three. And it kind of changed everything. Big 12-ish kind of started early mm-hmm. on in Big 12 play, and I think it was a really big turning point for the confidence of Masood because you know, you know, it's a contested shot. He shoots it really fast, and you're like, oh, I don't know if he should be shooting that. Oh, and then he made it. And You're just, I mean, it's just so many emotions happening all at the same time. I, I
1: pointed out so many times, like right after the game, uh, it was that three-point shot. It just looked like he released it so, so awkwardly. And I was like, dude, why are you shooting that? I mean, it just goes in. I'm just left with a a stunned face, completely speechless. Um, My goodness. I mean, you you want to talk about kind of getting your swagger back. Um, Kind of after starting real shaky in non-conference play, that shot against Baylor
0: really really a- intensified Masood in, in Big 12 play. Yeah, so my number 5 moment, John, now this moment happened really early on in the season. In fact, it happened outside of the country in the Cayman Islands uh-huh. Classic. And I think this, this kind of madness that incurred um, in this play, Keontae Johnson's game-winning floater against LSU in the Cayman Islands Classic final, was kind of a preview for some of the madness that we were going to get later on in the season. So let's take a listen to White Thompson. Shot clock is at 12 and K-State will start to attack. Spinning move, it's deflected away and loose. K-State's got it with three. Johnson at the buzzer, yes! Keontae Johnson with a bucket! Kansas State leads at 61-59 with 4.4 to go. I mean, that was our sixth game of the season. I mean, we didn't know a lot. We were still learning about this team. And to come away with that, obviously one of the weirdest endings you'll ever see in college basketball. (laughs) You know, three seconds left. LSU goes down. They hit a layup. We didn't even touch them to tie it. But the clock, of course, it's you know, Cayman Islands. You know, not the best timekeepers. He started it late, so the refs do the math. It's like, oh, he wouldn't have got the shot off in time. So LSU, I mean, they totally get screwed. But we come out with the win.
1: They they got screwed, but (laughs) but hey, we'll we'll take it. We don't care. I mean, Pete. I think John Higgins was officiating the game. And he was talking to both coaches like after the game, he was like, Uh that that that's the game. And, then, and then Jerome just stares at uh their head coach, which I believe he was previously at Murray State, uh before at LSU. But yeah, Tink just stares at him, he's just like, Sorry, partner. Just shake just shake the hand, call it a day, but uh just looking at some of the stats, Keontae, he scored sixteen points for jumper with five seconds left. Um, Noel, uh, Noel actually led the team with 18 and Desi Sills. That was one of his. um, that was one of it, one of his games where he was able to pop off. He contributed sixteen points off the bench.
0: Now it may not have been a moment that a ton of people were able to watch because it was on Flow Hoops, and you know, not people, not a lot of people are gonna play ten bucks a month to watch three basketball games. But obviously, Wyatt's call is great. I was lucky enough to be able to watch it. Well, shout out to uh, what's his name, Greg Hauser, uh, on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, he had the links <laughs> to everything. Yeah, he was able to hook up a lot of K State fans. So a big shout out to him. So let's move on, John. What is your number four moment? from the K-State 2223 men's basketball season.
1: Well, I'd be dang uh I be dang uh speaking of uh not getting uh sh- uh linear TV on anything. I mean the Longhorn network they didn't <laughs> want to show a K-State Texas game mainly because uh Texas didn't want to look bad in front of all their fans watching but uh uh, oh dang it! That's number three. That's a blow. Uh, n- number four for me is the Kentucky game, and it's just like seeing Kentucky on the court. like almost every time we play them in, in March Madness. I um, just just seeing the magic take take hold in, in uh, Greensboro. Marquise Noel, um, he 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 really. I, I don't know what to say. The offense. I'm trying to put this in the best way. Here we go, uh, Marquise, I mean, he scored 23 of 27 points uh, after halftime against Kentucky, and K-State did not start off well in the first half. They were like 0 of they were like oh of 12 until the final minutes of a game where you had the likes of Ishmael and Keontae Johnson connecting on big threes. Marquise Noel was just playing lights off. I mean, he was just driving inside, no look passes to Naquan Tomlin and David Gasan. It was just it was one of the mo- most entertaining games I've ever watched as a K-State fan. Just seeing just seeing us not only just dominate Kentucky uh, on the offensive boards but uh, j- just to see them and in- the, like the energetic like fun, exciting brand that that they were able to uh pull out uh in that game.
0: Yeah, let's go ahead and take a listen to Ian Eagles call of Marquis no-look lob to Nick Quintana right before halftime. They blitz him. Noel squeezes through the oh! Oh! Absolutely and the one of the best ways you could go into halftime, just absolutely, sw- absolutely swagging on Kentucky. And it sounds even better when you have been eagle, I'm call
1: for that at Bible uh as well.
0: Yeah, he's he's a absolute maestro with words and he knows how to just yeah, race to every moment. He's not like saying it like, uh, like he's
1: not saying any encore words, like like he's not saying major elevation twice. He's using like different phrases uh um, that, that, that just like, it just, it's like an, it's like a fresh, it's like an injection of fresh air or something like that. But uh, it was also, It was really cool uh, hearing his call. He's going to be calling the national, cha- uh, final four in the national championship now, but Jim Nance is retired. But nonetheless, it was a really good win for K-State and uh, really proved that sucker, John Calicapari, uh Kelly, Kelly, Whatever. Uh, he 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 didn't know how to pronounce uh, Marquise's name. I don't know how to pronounce his. So I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what his name is. Uh, but he proves that sucker wrong. He takes a big fat out going back to Lexington.
0: Yeah, and it was a. I mean, it was just a weird game, kind of throughout the whole thing, because we couldn't rebound anything. Oscar Shibway was doing Oscar Shibway things. We couldn't hit a three. Now, obviously, we hit some threes at the um, uh, the most crucial times. One of those three pointers, may be in this list a little bit later on, but. We'll get to that when we get to that. How about let's start – let's go to my number four moment. Now, this is one – there's been many great lobs from Marquise Noel to Keontae Johnson. Mm-hmm. There's so many to choose from. Uh, I didn't even know where to begin. But the first – the big one that comes into my mind is um, near the end of the Oklahoma State Oklahoma game. State. When <laughs> Marquise Noel throws one up so high, it doesn't even seem like anybody can get to it. Keontae Johnson gets up for a one-handed dunk. Let's go ahead and uh, take a listen. Noelle lobs it up, and it gets so loud in Bramlets that you can barely hear anything. Well, I'm sure he kind of scooted away from his mic a little bit. Oh, man, yeah. Oh. Because that was our first – it was kind of our first real Octagon of Doom game because, you know, December 31st against West Virginia, that's obviously the day of the Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. A lot of K-State fans had traveled. Other big non-conference games like Wichita State, day of the Big 12 Championship, which was a really cool moment as well, having the team come out at halftime and everything. But this, I feel like this was the first game with a packed out Bramlage Coliseum, and they, they put on a show. They, they definitely put on a show. On a
1: weeknight as yeah. well. That was on a Tuesday night, I believe. Uh, you and I, we were working at the West Stadium Center uh, at the time. It, I mean, it was K State for the most part offensively. They were uh, very sluggish. Oklahoma State had some really good defense. Keelan Boone, uh, Ke- Boone, which we'll talk about in a, later on in another segment. He was he was all over, but he was all over the paint. Um, it was just it was just kind of it was just rubbing me the wrong way at times. But um, MVN K State was able to to really. Really control the game, and and really the cherry on top was that lob to uh, Keontae Johnson uh, as well. So that was another great win. And, yeah, you said a first sellout crowd, uh, first of many uh, to come.
0: Yeah, it was definitely kind of our first grinder of a game, one where we weren't putting up a bunch of points, which you know you actually might you know might be talking about here in your number three here that you could get to. But it was our first kind of defensive grind to be able to pull out a win like that showed to, that we could win in multiple different ways. But let's go ahead and get to your number three moment, John, from the 2022-23 men's basketball season.
1: Okay, so we were talking about Greg Hauser, and again, shout out to him uh, for putting out the, the uh, links to to watch some of these basketball games because none, I mean, because uh, without him, I wouldn't have been able to watch (laughs) K-State whoop on Texas down in Austin, uh, a.k.a. uh, Bramlage South uh, since Texas has only lost and and Moody Arena was to K-State. But, oh, my goodness. K-State's 116 points at marked the most by any unranked team in a win over a top 10 opponent. And K-State, again, K-State was unranked at the time. And the 116 points, it eclipsed the previous mark of 115, which came back in nineteen ninety-one. So that's I mean, so now we have the most amount of points in school history. This team does, and, and to do it against the number six team in Texas down in Austin, uh, in a new arena at the Moody Center, given all the circumstances at the time with the Chris Beard Saga, y- yada yada yada. But you had but you had a career best thirty-six points for Marquis
0: Noel at the time. Uh, it was just an unbelievable performance. Yeah, one of the greatest that we'll ever see in terms of offensive performance from the cats. And some i mean, you know—I don't have a clip pulled from it just because there's yeah. so many. And also, I mean, like, it was on the Longhorn Network and hearing Lo Galindo just give a really, you know, apathetic call, even though we're putting up 116 points. And then every time uh, Texas, you know, hits a 30, like, oh, getting back into it. I was like, oh, my, please shut there, up. There, there, was like, there was like one call as well.
1: well I think Marquise m- made a three or it was a drive inside. And the, Tex- and the what, what, what was his name you said? I think Lo Galindo. Le- I don't know. Uh, he's a Texas guy. Yeah. He's, he's going to be gone. Uh, he, uh, he's like, what is going on? It's like, dude, I mean, this team – okay, I'll admit it. I thought it was a fluke performance as well before the Baylor game, but holy crap, we were were just launching the ball. I mean, it was nothing but – it was just nothing but net the entire time. I mean, they scored 58 points in the first half. That was the most since 2008. I mean, you had 58 more in the second half. It's just – Wow, I mean that to me that was the game that really, uh, really signaled that oh my goodness, okay this team this team could do some dangerous stuff in March.
0: Yeah, this was a more than make the tournament type of team, a team mm-hmm. that you know we were com- we were like oh we can like compete for a Big Twelve championship.
1: Like, like yeah, some of these games with West Virginia and and. I don't know if you want to throw LSU into the mix or Wichita State, but it's like, oh man, those are really good wins. Hopefully we'll be vying for an eight or nine spot. But then the Texas game, like right after that, it's just like, oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Are we <laughs> looking at a top four C?
0: Like a top yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: it's it was just unbelievable.
0: Yeah, it's been it's just been quite a journey. Now I referenced that there were multiple moments from the Kentucky game um on this list and my number three here now you could have gone with a few different three pointers near the end because there were three really big ones but um i decided to once again go to the ish three-pointer well and play his three-pointer which i believe gave us the lead against kentucky so let's go ahead and hear ein eagle oh that's really deep masood, oh, masood next for three I mean, just what a wild game to, like, you know, Marquise Newell just randomly hits a deep three. Hishmasud hits a deep three. Keontae just hits a step back three like it's nothing, even though we we're, like, 0 of 12 in the first half. Yeah, Just really great timing. We
1: were we were talking about, like, some of the, the players who went back to New York, like kind of back to their homes. And away for Hishmasud, it was kind of like uh, his second home because he was playing in North Carolina. He previously played at Wake Forest as well. I mean, he, he stepped up. Um, he he stepped up with, without a doubt, especially down the stretch. He only had two. He only had two attempts for the entire game. And again, K-State was 0 13, um, until some of the final until the final minutes, where not only he had Kante Johnson connecting, but Ish from from way downtown. I mean, it it was it was great, and really, yeah, when Kentucky was not getting their shots, and Ish Massoud was able to. When when was able to drain that three, I felt like then, that game like that that shot was really like okay we're in control. If we can get one one or two more shots, that might be the dagger. And Keontae, well Kentucky misses on the upper, and Keontae knocks down a three, and that's all that. So. I- unbelievable unbelievable performance
0: yeah and i mean we thought the kentucky game was good and i mean we weren't even we're we're going to get to the michigan state game trust me in a little mm-hmm. bit here um we actually might be getting it here to a little bit was We can let's go ahead and hear what your number 2 moment from the 22 23 basketball season is john well i be dang let's just let's just go back. <laughs> let's just go to that michigan state game shall we
1: uh oh my goodness uh, let me just, summar, uh, just like summarize one play. like That describes the entire game in one play. Marquise Noel walks with the basketball up up the floor, stares at Isaiah Thomas, and says, watch this. He just tries to to call his right plays a drum tang, back and forth, a little bickering. And then you see Keontae Johnson coming from the backside, awaiting a lob, and it's just like, oh my gosh. Dude, this game... I was Anthony, Georges, and I. We were watching this in the studio, and we were just we were losing our minds. You had Michigan State connecting on all threes. It looked as if they couldn't miss (laughs) from there. Uh, But oh my gosh, Uh, Mark, this was Marquise Noel's legacy game at K-State. I mean, he, he was he was a special one. He he fought through a second half of an ankle injury. Um, he, he came up with some of the most bizarre shots. Like, you know, when the shot clock was running down, he had to just put up that absurd three that nobody would think that would be going in. And it, it's just, it was,
0: uh, it was unbelievable. It yep. was unbelievable. Let's go ahead and take a listen to the famous lob. Tang sets it up, going for the lob! <laughs> Keontae Johnson on the receiving end! I mean, Marquise Noel's performance against Michigan State, I think, I haven't done my research on this, John, but is probably the greatest NCAA performance in K State history. I can't imagine there's anybody who's done to be able to do more. And it's one of the greatest in all of the entire tournament to have 19 assists in a game. They just put out the graphic today, John. You know, Marquise will 54 assists in four games, which is 13 more. No, I mo- think it was
1: 64.
0: Oh, was it? Six- I think it was 54. Yeah, you can double check. Little- but point being, it was 13 more than the second place, which was a UConn person who'd played six games. And also won those all those six games by a pretty convincing margin. So, and there were I think there were four people in the or there were four players in the tournament who had uh, more assists than Marquise Noel did in one. So it is fifty four.
1: Yeah, it's fifty four. Okay. It, it, the font looks like it's a six. Oh, I okay. mean just with how close the five yeah. is. No, nonetheless, I mean, and the funny thing as well is that he wasn't even like the leading score because Keontae Johnson he came away with twenty two points. Uh, and he, nobody was talking about him at the end of the game. Just with how, just with Marquise Noel's uh, performance, it was it was a signature performance uh, for his sakes That really elevated his game and just elevated his talk immediately. Uh, um, whether it's for draft, his K State legacy, really after that game, it just
0: really came into my mind. I was like, dude, he's gonna be a Raptors someday. Oh, definitely. Uh huh. And- and we, We've got some other people we got to put in the rafters, including F.I. Reynolds. I saw Scott Wildcat talking about. That. He was a first team All American in <laughs> 1917. Get him in the rafters. Uh, on top of that, on
1: top, well, on top of Mark, on Marquis, like, okay, so you know, like going down to the wire, he he made like, he, he was shooting those deep threes. He missed both of them. And I was like, dude, what yeah. are you doing? And at the end of the day, and at the, day, at the and you just can't be mad at that just because of everything else he did. I was like, dude, I want to. I just want to point that out, but it's like
0: I can't look. I can't deal with a with a smile on my face. No, I mean, if if we had lost that game against Michigan State, I think Marquisto's legacy is a lot different because I I know there was a lot of frustration, <laughs> at least personally, of him shooting these like deep threes and missing them over and over again. And if we would have lost that game because of that, I think there would have some people who would have overreacted and probably not said some great things about Marquise Well, and I think it could. To change his legacy, but it was by far the game of the tournament. One of the greatest tournament games the, of all time. The, the only overtime game of the tournament. Yeah, yeah. something about K State in the Sweet 16. I mean, the last three times we've just produced bangers.
1: Xavier in 2010, in Kentucky. Kentucky in 2018, 18, yeah. yeah,
0: 2018, and then Michigan State this year. It was. Wow, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, so that was your number two moment. John, I think there's an argument this could be number one, but, uh, I mean, this whole whole entire season is great. But, um, obviously, we got to go back a little bit to the first kind of huge moment in Jerome Tank's history, obviously beating KU in Bramlage with probably one of the greatest dunks in all of K-State history, Keontae Johnson's alley-oop poster over Jalen Wilson, in Bramlage Coliseum, let's take a listen. Bob. They go lob Johnson on the throwback. Oh boy! Now Shianbee's call is well, pretty lame, and but uh, yeah,
1: is, no, I, I was it was He's a bad. baseball guy. Uh, that's what it is. Just just because it's gonna be my number one. Let's just play that one more time. We just gotta play that one more
0: time. Well, I do have. You said the final sequence. I do have the final sequence as well, oh. so we can play that. But they go lob Johnson on the throwback. They're just some things Aggie. you're gonna remember forever, and that that those that's one of those moments. It was
1: popping in there. I was <laughs> I was sitting there with Ace Edwards of the Aggie Cats, and we were just losing our minds. It was oh my gosh. No, well, okay, he came in. He came in from the left side this time. Not, I mean, he came from the right side yeah. this time. Not the left side like he did against Oklahoma State. Uh, and, and, and he just
0: posterized Jalen Wilson like that. It was, it's, it's crazy. The, they show the angle on ESPN from the far side handheld camp, just how little room Keontae had to work with and how tight of a window Marquise had to fit it in there. And they just make it, it was- look so easy. It's one of the greatest moments in K-State history. I mean, it's, you know, it's going to be like that moment against KU and the St. Valentine's Day massacre. Um, You know, in 2011 and those types of moments, obviously Thomas Gibson going up on the, the press row and talking to Holly Rowe in 2014, all those moments like that, you know, that's going to be up there. And, and on top of that, it was it was it was practically uh, particularly impressive because it
1: came off of a quiet night from Marquise Noel, yeah. you know, Dejuan Gordon. No, J- stage <laughs> one, Gordon. Juwan Harris. That's a throwback. Wait, yeah, that's a definite throwback. Juwan Harris. I mean, he limited Marquise to a season low four points. Um, it was Desi Sills who came off the bench with a season high twenty four, and you also know, had Ke- Keontae Johnson just driving every time uh, against Grady Dick, and he scored. He scored twenty four as well. It was. I I, I I will admit I was expecting a little more from Marquise Noel, but you know what? So, so it goes. So it goes hey, in rivals. Listen,
0: scoreboard. That's, that's all scoreboard. that matters. That scoreboard! Scoreboard! That is all that matters. Scoreboard! Let's go ahead and roll right into your number one, John, the final sequence against KU.
1: Pettiford to inbound. Sills is on Wilson.
0: Harris... Harris lost the handle, and it's over. K-State knocks off number two. It's hard to put into an audio clip just how uh-huh. crazy it was in Bramlage, but man, oh my goodness! Yeah, Desi Sills going
1: up to the to the um, sideline, like the the, uh, what, the media what it, table, the media yeah. table. He goes up and he's just hyping up a crowd as they storm record. court. I was a little surprised that KU did not, but did not go. Uh, end of the lane on the right side because that's where they were really racking up their points with Jalen Wilson. Like, they were attacking on the right. Instead, Juan uh, Harris goes to the left, and he immediately gets double-teamed, gets trapped. Masoud, I mean, KU fans were, were pointing this out as well. Masoud's head was out of bounds. Uh, I, I don't know what, what they're talking about. They uh, no, passes. It, it, then he just lobs it up into the air, and Keontae Johnson just says, bye-bye. He tips the ball. And we just go crazy. I was in tears. I don't know what your reaction was, Blake, but it was... I mean, well, I mean, just being KU as well, because their fans are the most obnoxious. <laughs> their, their national championships. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Grady Dick is the greatest uh, player in the world. Uh, yeah, no, no. uh, uh-uh. We weren't having it. Uh, none of our student section was having it. And, I mean, we... We we were – we really, we were of a better team. And on top of that, KU just could not get, get out of foul trouble yeah. uh, as well. So uh, suck it. Uh,
0: the State always wins purple, uh, except when we
1: play in Lawrence, but I don't care.
0: Hey, we'll get there. Listen, we're going to make – We're going to get there. Listen, John, we're going to live to see K-State make the Final Four and beat KU and Lawrence. And win a dang national championship yeah, And we're actually, well. actually going to be good when we beat KU and Lawrence instead of our coach being fired the same year because we weren't that great anyway. But Mm -hmm. anyway, um, John, I think any of these anything, the lob, um, the Keontae lob against KU could have been number one. You know, the Marquise uh, lob uh, to Keontae against Michigan State could have also been number one. But this is another moment that definitely needs to be mentioned as well. Um, I think it'll be pretty obvious. So let's go ahead and play it. There's the pass and it is Masood. And Masood hits a huge shot. I mean, like, people yeah. remember the lob, but we had to go in and make a shot. I mean, it was a one-point game. We had to go in and make a shot. And, you know, ish who else are we going to go to? He just seems to be the guy now. G- gives um, us gives us a little, little bit of a sigh relief. Because yeah. um, if we
1: were missing the shot, then Michigan State could have – I mean, just with the way Michigan State was shooting, they could have came away with a, with a game-winning shot. And, uh, I mean, it, it left a little bit of, of relief, but it also caught—it it put Michigan State with their backs against the wall. And they had to rely on their guard to launch one of the deep threes, and that just didn't pan out as well. So, I mean, and another thing, just pointing out with the with the inbounds passing plays this year. Oh, my goodness. So many examples. I mean, you had yeah the likes of David Gasson, Desi Sills. Uh, I mean, Ish Masood, they keep on getting the inbounds passes, and they're just able to connect on whichever location they're at. They're just always, they're just always able to deliver. And that's one of the things I love about uh, I love about Jerome Tang is his philosophy towards the inbounds pass. Yeah, it
0: really shows how great of a coach he really is. So, I mean, there it is, our top five moments from the 22-23 basketball season. Um, if the, if next year is anything like this year, and the year after that, especially considering some of the regards we're getting, and some mm-hmm. of the transfers we may be getting, uh, we could be in for years, or decades, or centuries, or eons, eons. of great. K-State basketballs, basketball like it was in the 50s and 60s. But, John, let's go ahead and take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll talk about some of the top transfers the Cats are keeping their eyes on. John will talk about the Pac-12 media rights deal, some Bat-Cats, and we'll do K-State sports trivia next on the Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. And we're back on The Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. Let's talk Woo. about some of the top transfers that are available to keep an eye on that may be coming to Manhattan, Kansas. Um, obviously, you know, I think people were interested and curious about Caleb Love, the North Carolina transfer. He just transferred to Michigan. He is off the table, but. Um, Missouri I th- fans are in
1: shambles. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think some of the top, you know, I think we're looking for a scoring guard, right, mm-hmm. to pl- replace Marquise Noel and Desi Sills. And we need a big guy who can rebound, John. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of guard play, I think there's two people that stand out right away um, LJ Cryer. Uh, obviously, he was at Baylor, really good at Baylor. Um, did a, uh, it was part of the you know the big uh, guard tandem that they had with Adam Flagler and Keontae George, um. So he's he's at he has um declared for the NBA draft, but he's maintained his college eligibility, so he can come back. But he's an obvious candidate for K State because of his connection with Jerome Tang, oh, obvious, and then Max sure. Abmas from Ole Roberts. Uh, I mean this dude scored twenty plus points per game for three seasons in a row. Um, he was the former coach at Oral Roberts was Paul Mills, who was an assistant at, with, you know, drum Tanget at Baylor for 14 years. Um, Mills is now at Wichita state, but, um, there's a connection there again, a guard who can really score the ball. And, you know, when we really need to take over the offense.
1: Absolutely. I it, kind of looking at MS for Oral Roberts, he was number 16 all time for made three pointers. He was 38.8% as a shooter. Um, he won him at league player of a league uh, of a year for Oral Roberts. Um, I don't know. It's been kind of back and forth between K-State with with some of the outside connections that they have, but it's also Wichita State with their coach, uh, Was it, Paul Mills going back to Wichita State. Um, He might be following in his footsteps there. So, um, on top of that, I mean, you got Coke kind of reeling into money,
0: you know what I mean? (laughs) Well, they uh, they do have a lot of money tied up in paying Greg Marshall, and they got to pay Isaac Brown's contract throughout, too, so they've— it's kind of tough for Wichita State right now, but I think Paul Mills is a good guy to help rebuild the program.
1: And then with, with the absence of Marquise Noel, leaves him with a big hole at guard, and I think LJ Cryer, um, he may he may not be as much as a facilitator as Noel is uh, when it comes to the assist and the passing and all that, but he does have a better size and shooting ab- ability as well. And you like you said, add, add to the familiarity with the staff. I think it's a slam dunk move waiting to happen. We'll see how everything pans out with Houston and K State. Right now, I think it, it he's it's favoring towards Houston, but who knows what could happen? Yeah, we'll see what happens.
0: Let's let's keep looking at a couple guards here, John. Let's start. Let's go to Tamar Bates from Indiana. He's in the transfer portal, top thirty-five recruit in the twenty twenty-one class. He's originally from Kansas City, um, and it's looking like um, based on what I heard from On Three, it's it's us or Missouri. Um only scored six points a game at Indiana, but he I think he only played about twenty minutes, so in a bigger role. I believe he's gonna be a junior this year, so he still got a chance to kind of take on a bigger role and obviously being a top thirty-five recruit on the upside. Attended Piper High School before transferring to VIMG Academy.
1: Uh uh he yeah, not not doesn't look all that impressive just just looking from his stats from some of his stats. Six point one points. He's shot thirty seven point four percent uh, from three as a sophomore and he made, he made two starts and came off of a bench in 33 games for Indiana. I'm sure it's mostly about like playing time for his sakes and why he's there. Another name to point out is Tyler Perry of North Texas. He led the NIT champions scoring uh, with 17.3 points per game while shooting 41% from three. And he drained 87% of his free throws. Um, Perry, uh, Perry really uh, has—he's clearly had the makings of an elite scoring guard, uh, and is a good
0: defender for his size as well. Somebody else to mention quickly in terms of guards is Tremont Mark from Houston as well. Ten points a game, five rebounds, and a steal on—you know—Houston, who's was the number one team in the country. Um, We're in consideration alongside Arkansas, Florida, and Texas A&M. I mean, you got to think with—you know—at least in terms of. Bask on the court, I think K-State would be a good choice there. Can we compete with facilities in quality terms of SEC
1: schools? Quality of a conference yeah, as
0: it's, well. It's, yeah, we're in the best conference in the country as well. Um, a couple, I, guess, uh, well I guess another thing to point out is that Houston's joining the Big 12, so I don't yeah, know that's
1: if, that, if, if that's going to set a ripple effect for his sakes. Yeah,
0: and then in terms of big men, there aren't any really any that are you know in, a, in, are in like top four lists that we're on. But, you know, Caleb Boone from Oklahoma State, He's the I think he's the number two um, transfer in the country right now. There's a lot of great big men out there to get, and hopefully we can land one of them. You know, we saw what he did to us. Um, when you know Oklahoma State took on K State, then obviously the number one recruit in the country, John Hunter Dickinson from Michigan. I mean, seven one, eighteen 18.5-9 boards. Would love to get him. Um, he does not release any lists or anything. I think he's nearing his
1: final decisions. So yeah, Mar- Maryland looks to be the front. runner. Yeah, it's
0: looking like he's going to go to a blue blood or Maryland or something like that. So, but you yeah. know, I was just you know it was a long shot, but
1: it, I just wanted to throw. Yeah, it long to. shots. It's yeah, anything can go. If he's John,
0: dead. how about we save your rant on the Pac-12 media rights? Yeah, let's just do that because I I was about to pop. Well, because Lord knows it's not going to happen in a week because this this is going to take forever. Let's do some Bat Cats real quick. Let's do that. Um, Unfortunately, on Tuesday, um, even though the Cats have played really well at home recently, they lost six to one to Nebraska on a really dreary Tuesday night. It was not a good day for baseball. Super windy, cloudy. You could actually see lightning from you know just past right field. Luckily, the game was never paused. Buddy, it was
1: so nice
0: outside of Manhattan. Well the, in the day, yeah.
1: Well no, it was even nice at night. I mean but the storms were the storms were all the way like in Seneca and Topeka. I mean, yeah, it was it was like sunny skies over here. I mean, you just stare over over at the east, and yeah, you could see some lightning. But uh, I mean, we didn't. It, it was no bad weather on our part.
0: It seemed like it was really wind. I mean, I was in the control room or in the truck, but I don't know, for it, the game. But it seemed like it was really windy during. And I and I know where sure it was. Windy. Our camera people were very cold near the end of it because you know it was 85 degrees when the game started, but it fell six to one. They're now 19 and 12 on the season, five and four in conference what? play. I couldn't tell if you were doing sarcasm there with the poor weather. or Oh. oh, no I, I wasn't being I was I was being sarcastic. Anyway, nah. the big thing with this game, John, I mean, K-State was 3 for 18 with runners on base. Um, you're not going to score a lot of runs doing that. Left a lot on the table and ended up falling 6 to 1 and then I've talked about how well that K-State plays at home in past seasons. 10 of our next 12 games are on the road, including tonight against ranked Texas um those are going to be some tough games that you're going to need to pull out and then you take a trip to Cali in a couple of weeks take on UC Irvine. Well yeah, three games against Texas
1: uh starting tonight at 7 with the rain delay and then uh I mean uh, and then right after that you got Creighton on Monday at home. Uh so yeah, that's a quick bounce that's a quick turn quick turnaround. And you just got to worry if it's going to be some of a fatigue that may hold the team back or it just kind of depends on However, reaction's going to be from from coming back playing Texas as well. So it's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, it should be interesting to see how the Bad cats do there. But let's take one final break, John, and then when we come back, it's K-State Sports Trivia Time on the Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Groves. And now it's time to play everybody's favorite game, K State Sports Trivia, where I, Blake Crawford, challenge my co-host John Grove to a series of K State Sports Trivia questions. Joss Freeman, like we've just mentioned, is the all-time career passing yards leader at K State. But of all the non-quarterbacks at K State, who has the most passing yards? I'm gonna gamble. Go big or go home. Daniel Thomas is. Woo! Correct. Let's go! It's correct. Yes yes you heard that right it's time for another edition of k-state sports trivia you are very happy right with your host blake crawford i just think it's so beautifully cheesy i just can't help but love it it's just so amazing just like you well (laughs) you're too kind john well you know what it is k-state sports trivia i challenge john grove to test his knowledge of k-state sports and we'll see how he does so let's get right into it with the last 10 minutes they have with question one these are all basketball questions. By oh the way. boy! Um, this one, I think this one. You know, we've talked about this a little bit. Um, I think you can. I think you can get this one. When was the last time K State men's basketball made the Final Four? Was it a 1950, b 1964? I'm gonna go C? 1964. Okay, well, you said, but 1964 is correct. Um, I came with.
1: I came with. I'm, I'm playing with fire with fire today. Yeah, you be <laughs> beat which top <No>, state? <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah. We beat UTEP, Wichita State. Uh, we beat Wichita State in Wichita, by the way. That's got to hurt for them. And then we lost to UCLA. Gail Goodrich led. I mean, that's just what you did in the 60s. You lost to UCLA. Yeah. And then we lost the third-placed game to Michigan as well. Um, John, this next question, question two here, um, is pretty tough. But uh, I think it's pretty informative once we get the answers. But as we know, K-State has lost eight straight Elite Eight games can you name the the eight opponents that we have lost to? You can at least I can name four: Florida Atlantic, Loyola, yep. Chicago, Butler. Yep. Uh,
1: so those are the obvious three that popping popping top of my head. Yep. And then you got to go
0: way back. I got
1: yeah. I got to go way back. I
0: know. Okay, you can get the fourth one. The
1: fourth one.
0: So so you said 2023, 2018, and 2010 with us to FAU, Loyola, Chicago, and Butler. You have to go all the way back to 1988. The well, last we lost time. to – oh, yeah, KU. We lost we lost to KU in it, 88. There's the fourth one. Now these other ones yeah, are I – can't. I can't really think hard, of the other so. ones. Um, that's pretty solid, though. Half of them is good. So you have to go back to 1981 for the next time we made um, the Elite Eight. We lost to North Carolina. Sam Perkins and James Worthy led North Carolina. Yeah. So that was a really good team. And then, I mean, we had a, a, what, a four-year stretch where we had three Elite Eights in 1972, 73, and 75. Um, in 1975, we lost to Syracuse 95-87 to 87 in OT, which is just brutal. Um, then we lost in 1973 to Memphis and 1972 to Louisville. So that was pretty good, John. You it's got not, half it's, a,
1: a, it's not. It, well, I guess a little. You lost to some
0: blue bloods, so. Well, I, I mean, well, Memphis is not even. A, they're a mid yeah. major, but if they do have <laughs> some basketball. They have probably, some history. So. Yeah, Derek
1: it's like it's like a
0: Butler, except they're they're kind of holding their own today. Yeah. All right. Let's get on to question three. So after his two seasons at K State, Marquise Noel is third all time at K State in assists. Um, I think John. I'm I'm sure it's it's fairly obvious who's first, but uh, who is se- I? I mean, who did who did he pass for the single season record? Uh, oh my goodness, John. Uh, Maybe that should have been the
1: question. That's I'm kind of I'm kind of struggling here.
0: Well, anyway, how about so? I think you're about to get this one. Who is second all time in assists at K State? Is it a? Jacob Poland, B. Kamau Stokes, C Clint Stewart, or D. Wesley Wondu. Probably Poland. If not, it's Clint
1: Stewart because he because he said Clint Stewart and just
0: Jacob Poland
1: is, yes, is correct. Is Pullen. Jacob Poland okay. is second
0: all time. First all time is Steve Henson. Oh, it's Steve Henson. Yeah, the
1: assist king. It, they always mention Steve Henson when Marquis Noel passes yeah. this. this this record, I just like I, I I can think about it, but I just yeah. can't.
0: Yes, it, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't translate. Yeah, no, I mean, you were like what negative 15 or something when he was playing, but uh, I get it anyway. Yeah. Well, people talk a lot about Marquise Noel breaking the sequel single season record for assists at K State, but he's also broken the single season record for steals. Um, so who did he pass for the single season record for steals at K State? Was it A. Jacob Pullen, B. Steve Henson, C. Barry Brown, or D. Xavier Snead? Again, who did Marquise Eastonwell pass for all-time steals in a single season at K-State? Who were Who are the options? Jacob Pullen, Jacob Steve, Bullen, Henson, Steve Henson, Barry Brown, Barry Brown. Xavier Snead. Well, you just mentioned Steve Henson, didn't you? Yeah, well, yeah, because he's the all-time assist leader before, or he's the all-time assist leader at K-State. Uh, so Jacob Poland Steve Henson Barry Brown Xavier Sneed single season assists gonna have to pass oh
1: I'm gonna go
0: Barry Brown Barry Brown is uh, correct. Oh, he's all over this. Actually, he's got a couple of uh, single season steals that are in like the top seven all time. So he was a monster. At oh, State. you were referring to steals. Steals, yeah. Oh, I thought you were referring to assists. A- a- oh, I'm sorry. So I uh, must have caused some confusion. Hopefully, it, hopefully, yeah. It was Marquise Noel now has the single season record four steals in the season as well as assists. He had 92 steals, Barry Brown had 82, so Marquise Noel passed him. So you're on a roll, bit of a roll here, John. So now we're on to question five. Who was the last K-State player to score 40 points or more in a game? Was it Nigel Pack, Denny Clemente, Michael Beasley, or Jacob Pullen? For last K-State player, most recent K-State player to score 40 points in a game. Did you say Nigel
1: Pack was one of the options? Yes.
0: Uh, I might roll with Nigel Pack. you know, with Nigel Pack? That's not right, isn't it? No, it's not. Um, Nigel Pack never scored 40 points in a game. I think he scored 35 against Baylor. Oh, that's in right. In that one game. Yeah, he never scored 40. Yeah. Um, the correct answer is Danny Clemente. Really, uh, he scored forty-four against Texas on January thirty-first, two thousand nine. Oh, number one Texas at yep. the time. Yeah, they won 85-81 in OT. Um, Michael Beasley, obviously, I think he scored forty points three times in a single season at K-State. But again, that was before Danny Clemente. And then Jacob Poland hasn't scored forty points either. I think he scored thirty-eight against KU, St. Valentine's Day Massacre, but not uh forty points now. There have been. Let's get into this. Is the transition into uh, question six here? Seven. So seven. <laughs> so a handful of players at K State have scored forty points, forty plus points. Michael Beasley, Danny Colente, Mitch Richmond, but only one player in K State history has dropped sixty-two in a game. Oh, who is it? Oh, you got to give me some of the okay. options. But was I... it A. Bob Boozer? B. Chucky Williams, C, Willie Merle, or D, no, Esquia Jones. Esquia Jones. Yeah, there you go. Esquia Jones yep. is correct.
1: Esquia Jones, 62 points in an NIT win over Fresno State. Yep, yeah,
0: we beat Fresno State in the 1994 like Elite Eight of the NIT. Well, that think, sent us to Madison well, Square Garden. We, we
1: that was I think that was one of the games where we scored
0: near 100. We, sco- we scored 115 points. Yeah, and then yeah. the Texas
1: game this year just eclipsed that. It's yeah, just... We,
0: we John, we scored 70 points in the second half. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, he tied an NCAA record at the time with 14 made threes. He only had to do it in 28 minutes. We won 115 to 77, um, and then we ended up uh, we lost in the semifinal of the NIT at Madison Square Garden, I believe, to Vanderbilt.
1: Yeah, it was Vanderbilt. Yeah,
0: and uh, I don't, and then we lost. I think we also lost to Sienna in the third place game. Which is kinda of brutal, but it's Sienna's I mean, that back in the day they
1: were a pretty good mid major. I think in like two yeah. two thousand and eight as well, they, they were like in the eight or nine line. So
0: All right. Well John, I gotta say you're killing it. And I got one last question for you. Oh boy. And I think you can get it. So question seven here. How many K State players right now are in the NBA? Two, three, four, or five. How many K-State players are currently in the NBA? Two. That's your final answer? Please. I'm sorry, that is actually incorrect. Is it three? It's three.
1: Dang. Well, so, okay, so it's Xavier Sneed, Dean Wade. Rodney
0: Magruder. <laughs> what? He's still on the pist he's on the pistons right he's, now. Oh my goodness. He's still chugging along. He's still so. chugging along. Good for him. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it's uh, Rodney McGruder is an NBA vet. He's probably he's made a killing in the NBA, keeping the bench warm. And she's, I think he said he played 32 games this hey, hey, season. Hey, so. hey, don't, don't talk, about don't slander hey, McGruder on the listen, bench. It's a respectable hustle. I mean, that's a great way to make money. I'm not judging him at all. I,
1: yeah, that's true. I wouldn't judge him either.
0: Yeah. So yeah, those are my seven questions. Um, I was tempted to ask something about because K State's played some. I mean, we lost. Um, In one of our final four runs, we lost to Oscar Robertson. In another one of our final four runs, we lost to Elgin Baylor. K-State's gone up against some of the greatest college players of all time. And uh, so, yeah, we've got quite a storied history, even though, you know, I mentioned that three-year one where he made the Elite Eight, or the four-year run where he made the Elite Eight three times. I think in 72 and 73, you only had to win one game to go to the final, you know, the Elite Eight but you know that was before they went to 64 teams but it's still you know still got to you still got to win a game and be in the tournament to get there so
1: yeah just got to just got to get over that little hump i mean you you can't take any other team for granted or lightly because they're gonna be playing with, with the same aspirations as well.
0: Well, that's gonna do it for us here, the Shake and Blake show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. thank you so much for taking the time to listening. Good to be back with you. It's buddy. great to be back to make my grand return, I guess. Um <laughs> It is a grand return. Yeah, we'll be back next Friday here on ninety 919 from 6 to 7 p.m. So make sure to be there for that. Follow us on Twitter at Shake and Blake785. Make sure to check us out on Spotify. Uh just Shake and Blake wherever you can find it. And Catchman 90!
1: Catsman 90. Catch with 90. <laughs>